Hello and welcome to the Michael Mamas Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we are coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. And Scotty is in uh, Hawaii today. He'll be coming back to the mainland soon. How you doing, Scott? Good. It's you, early uh, here. Yeah, it's really early. What is it, four there or something? Four, yeah. Four in the morning, yeah. Okay, well, we'll do this, and then you can go back to bed. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. Yeah, all right. So, um, well, I guess, let's see here. Before we get started, let's just do a couple things. Um, first of all, everything that's in these podcasts isn't necessarily in the notes, uh, and the blog that corresponds to this podcast and vice versa. A lot of times there are things in the notes that don't actually aren't even touched uh, in the actual podcast. So you can check out both, you know. Uh, <clears throat> also, I heard <laughs> Larry Kudlow. I don't know. Do you know who Larry Kudlow is, Scotty? Name he's, sounds familiar. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's an economist, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, he said something I thought was funny. He said, where's George Orwell now that you need him? You know, and it's amazing. There's so many quotes in, uh, you know, 1984 um, that George Orwell wrote so long ago uh, that are coming true, you know, even things like television, you know, <laughs> things like that. But uh, it's a worthwhile read. I, I haven't read 1984 for years, decades, but... But there are a lot of little one-liners that come out of it that just really seem germane. I, I don't know, that quote made me chuckle. Um, and then also, I was that, there's that, that quote that I think it's worth, worth repeating. It says, the only thing necessary uh, for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That's Edmund Burke said that. And, um, you know, I was talking to somebody, somebody I really like, really respect, dear friend for decades, and uh, he, he was saying, like, um, he wasn't sure who he wanted to have run for president next because some of these people, even though we may agree with them, you know, are so divisive. And uh, uh, somehow I think that quote is, is relevant. You know, if in, in the world of extremism, is that me doing that noise, Scotty, or is that you? That right there. I think it's Scotty. He's getting things adjusted. All right, but 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 anyway, um, we live in a time of extremism, and and uh, to try to just be moderate and not make waves and just kind of get by, I don't think it's the time for that. You know, Pe people need to stand up and and speak and uh, speak their mind. You know, but I think people are afraid to. You know, they want to just maintain a little easy little status quo life and uh, uh, just try to kind of like a turtle staying under its shell or in its shell, you know, and I don't, I don't think we can do that these days. So I would encourage people to, to speak up, speak their mind uh, uh, and don't certainly don't go for uh, a person to elect that you think is going to not rock the boat at all. It's not a time for that really. Um, 
another thing, this is just something I want to talk about, managed forests. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that the, a lot of the fires in California and that are because they stopped managing the forest. They got to cut down the brush. And then there's, you know, the, the um, people that say, oh, just leave it and let it be natural, you know. Uh, but the point is that this at this stage of the game, it's not natural anyway. Here in the, uh, uh, the mountains of uh, Western North Carolina, it goes all the way up the Appalachians, Appalachians to, uh, uh, there was that blight, uh, that fight uh, back in the early 20s when the, what was it, that worm killed all the chestnut trees. All this, all these mountains used to be dominated by chestnut trees. And if you talk to the old timers, they'll tell you about their grandfathers that talked about the time when uh, you could just walk from under the shade of one huge chestnut tree to the next. And because they shaded everything, there was no undergrowth. It's not that way anymore. Uh, now it's kind of like, I remember when I was a kid in Ohio, the empty lots would just be grown over with weeds and everything. And that's what's going on now. And uh, uh, if you left it and didn't touch anything, yeah, the, the, the forest would gradually take over. The big trees would eventually dominate. They'd put shade so all the undergrowth, all, all that would uh, die off. And in 400 years, they predict, it would be uh, uh, like it was before the chestnut trees all died off. But if you, can, if you wisely manage a forest, we could make that happen a lot faster. Um, and so there's that mentality, oh, we don't want to touch anything. But, but uh, at some point, it's necessary and wise to do so. So um, that's something to think about, I think. Um, <clears throat> there's that quote, too, that's funny. I think, uh, who was it? What was that guy's name? The uh, president, um, Reagan said uh, a funny thing. He said the most dangerous words in the English language are hello. We are from the government and we are here to help. And I, I get a chuckle out of that. Uh, big government can get too big and I think it already has and uh, it becomes problematic. Uh, but I just thought it was a clever uh, little line that I thought I'd share with you all. Um, so now... Uh, to the main topic of the uh, podcast. Somebody wrote in, and it's funny because, you know, I ask people to write in their comments. Uh, go to michaelmamas.net, and there's a place where you can comment to the blog, and you can make it anonymous at all. But for some reason, I don't know why, but people don't want to do that. It's okay. But they end up sending emails to the office or... You know, there are so many different ways of contacting us and all the comments and questions and things seem to go there. Uh, it, it just makes things a little more uh, awkward to respond to, you know. Uh, but at any rate, we, we got this question. It was very well phrased, very respectfully phrased and uh, uh, touching, actually. But it was from somebody who was a student from, you know, a number of years ago now. And... Uh, uh, of course, when the virus started up and all they stopped classes, so it's, that's been a number of years now anyway. But uh, it was a question about my level of consciousness. He was wondering what my level of consciousness was and very respectfully asked the question. 
uh, let's see that there's a real problem with that because uh, it's such a charged subject, you know, what's your level of consciousness? Are you enlightened? That kind of a thing. Uh, you can, if, if, if a person says yes, just as an example, if a person was to say yes to that question, it triggers so much, first of all. And what can it trigger? First of all, there are people that just don't believe in it or don't think anybody is or certainly don't think you are. And so all it does is um, polarize. Uh, a lot of people, if they heard somebody walk around saying, oh, they're enlightened, people just think they're a nut. You know, so you, so you lose that way. Uh, uh, If a person was to uh, claim that they were, or if people are led to believe that they are, that's another bag of worms. Because what happens is if people are really into it, you know, then they get into this situation of extreme positive transference. And they kind of put this person on a pedestal. And they, however, have their notions, their beliefs, about um, what a person should be like, their idealized notions, kind of like the, uh, you know, maybe even a Jesus syndrome or something, you know, from Cecil B. DeMille movies. Uh, and so then they expect you to live up to that. And if you don't, see, there's this whole thing, it's psychology 101, positive transference, uh, transforms leads to eventually negative transference and that's one way it does is oh he said he's enlightened but he's doing this and if he's really enlightened he wouldn't be doing that and so he's a phony and blah 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 so that doesn't work uh, uh another thing that can happen is they're holding on to the positive transference oh this person is enlightened and so i just need to listen to everything they say and all that and that's no good uh uh um you know a person by their teachings. And I think the best way to judge a person's you know, level of consciousness is just by what they say. Uh, uh, and for a, a teacher in particular, what their teachings are. Uh, and so then to avoid just kind of like the mainstream, the street sort of perspective on the person, be it positive or negative, be it in the, the highway or be it in the gutter. You know, uh, uh, and that's not so easy to do, you know. Uh, so the, the point is then that the question itself is just so charged, it's better just, it's better to sidestep it, you know. Um, and when somebody asks me that kind of question, to me, it's like, you know, that's a question I'm not going to respond to. And as a teacher, uh, all I'm interested in is, you know, what are the calling my teachings? But then we get into the whole thing about, you know, well, what is a person, how does a person evaluate another person's teachings? You know, uh, so much it's about how, how much that teacher aligns with this person's idealized notions and anything that doesn't fit into their current belief system, they reject. And that's no way to evaluate teachings, but it's, it's 
where a person is at. And so there's not much you can do about it. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, you know. There's a nice quote of Swami Muktananda speaking about, you know, judging a person's level of enlightenment by their personality. What are they like? Are they always nice or do they have a temper or whatever? Swami Muktananda put it nicely. He said, if you don't like your personality, you better change it now. Because after you're enlightened, you won't care. Um, that's a hard one for people. You know, you can hear it and you can chuckle and you can think it's great, but it's not something that people really uh, tend to live by, you know. This, this alignment with the uh, surface of life is um, something that it's, how, it's where people live, you know. And see, at the same time, we sense that place inside. Every single one of us, we sense that place inside where we're eternally enlightened, already enlightened. And though it's kind of uh, covered by this superficial belief systems, personality qualities, preconceived notions, emotions, thoughts, all of that, uh, uh, we still sense it and we still feel it. And so we still believe in it and believe that that's who and what we are. And it's so it's very easy to get into a tailspin. Uh, and you'll see people who aren't even into spirituality that much. And then they get a hold of, I don't know, a Seth book or God knows what. And they read it and everything it's talking about there, oh, they can sense it deep inside. And so they decide they're enlightened. And uh, things like discernment, you know, the spiritual path is a path of discernment. Like Adi Shankar said, I've known people say, well, I've been meditating 10 years, so I have discernment. I mean, we're not talking about learning to play the banjo here. We're, we're talking about human evolution. And it's a process that, you know, takes lifetimes. Meditating 10 years or not, I mean, it's good if you've been meditating 10 years. But again, it's just a flash in the pan, you know. Um, uh but we shouldn't be discouraged by that because we can look, maybe we've been meditating for lifetimes, you know, but again, we evaluate ourselves and we evaluate others um, uh, deeply and reflectively and have to look past our limited beliefs and our limited thinking and things like that, you know? Um, and it's also remarkable it's it's like we're speaking to and of the mentality of humanity in a lot of ways. And, and that quality of humanity rules on all levels of life, from our interpersonal relationships all the way up to international events. And, I mean, wars are waged. Wars are waged largely by virtue of personality conflicts uh, between the leaders of different countries and and their biases and their attitudes i mean who knows who just as an example putin really is and i'm i'm not defending or criticizing or anything here i'm just saying how much of that is just a, a history his, uh, account of history uh historical perspective on russia and and um putin 
and uh, it makes you wonder who the man really is. And we do that across the board. All the Hollywood movie stars and stuff, like who really knows who Tom Cruise is, for example? Uh, there's so much uh, gossip, so much rumors, so much hype, so much uh, adoration, so much uh, resentment, it, it, the whole thing, you know? Um, The only way to clear all this up is, like I say, to clean the fishbowl. We are just all, you know, functioning in a clouded fishbowl. And it affects our health. It affects our mental well-being, how we function as individuals. And that determines so much of the world, which is why we just have to clean the fishbowl, which is what Mount Soma is all about. And it, see, it's even remarkable. The technology is there, but it's not part of the popular current worldview, you know. And uh, so for that reason, people reject it because it's not the way they think. It's not the way they function. Nobody would have ever believed there was such a thing as a radio. How could you talk into a little box in New York and have somebody hear you on the other side of the world? Ridiculous. But once it was invented, now we all have our cell phones and we hardly even think Think about how wondrous it is, you know? And I'm just saying there's a technology there that we can clean the fishbowl. Uh, uh, and the time is coming soon when that's going to happen. We're in a period of phase transition now. Everything is nuts. I mean, the stuff that's going on in the world is nuts. I could talk about that, and I have talked about that in previous podcasts, but I, I'm just tired of it. It's every week. It's another whole list of nuts, you know? Um I guess this, just to touch on a little bit, that whole anti-inflation bill, it's so, such a catalyst for inflation. And it's also, I mean, the audacity to even call it an anti-inflation bill is remarkable. Uh, uh, we do well to take a look at it, you know. And then here's an interesting thing, buried in that anti-inflation bill, you know how many... Um, uh, IRS agents, there are. Scotty, are you there? Yeah, Scotty got yeah, lost. Oh, there you are. Uh, do you know how many IRS agents there are in the country, Scotty? Right now? Yeah. 75,000. Know. 75, you know how many people they want to add to that uh, with this anti-inflation bill? Oh, they want to add... More than double it or something, right? Yeah, more than double. They want to add 87,000. They want to multiply the uh, budget... For, for the IRS by six-fold. That's funny, uh, just thinking about that. It's like they want to get some of the stimulus money back. <laughs> well, well, there's this, there's this theory in modern, um, the modern economic perspective is you can tax people all you want. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can print all the money you want, and it won't hurt the economy. It won't cause inflation, provided you just tax people way more and pull that money back out. Uh, I mean, first of all, that causes incredible and horrible chaos for the people that are all of a sudden being taxed beyond belief. Uh, it cripples business, it cripples small business, it compromises our personal lives. But secondly, the, the other obvious flaw to that is if they do that, then the government's just going to turn around and spend that money. After they get it in from taxes, it's going to go back into the, the uh, market 
the whole thing is just, I mean, people just aren't thinking, you know. Um, and there are multiple, unbiased, independent, what is it called, Scotty, the CBO, I think it is, the, the, the bureau that really does the uh, third-party unbiased analysis of all these bills. Uh, they even say it's hugely in inflationary, you know. Uh, so at any rate, <clears throat> uh, I'd like to say a little bit more about how that conflict gets created. And this is an important point. I think it applies to most everybody, really. But we have our identities with our beliefs, our thoughts, our feelings. And we, when we voice those, if somebody doesn't agree with it, we feel like they are discounting, denying uh, not just those thoughts, but because we're so identified with our thoughts at the depth of our being, they're discounting us. They're discounting you, who you are as a person. And so it ceases very quickly. It ceases to be a discussion of concepts and becomes a threat to one's very soul. That's how it feels. It cuts to the depth of a person's being. And so no wonder that it's difficult to have discussions, creative, constructive discussions. And it's even more cutting. It's even more painful in our relationships with the people that we love. If, if you have a love, if your loved one hears you say something and then they say something that contradicts it, then what it is, it's, it's, it's now it's a feeling that that person who you love with all of your heart is discounting you all the way to the core of your being. And then what the tendency then to do then is to retaliate back and to do that back to them. And so it's just not a wonder why uh, marriages, close partnerships, they're so difficult and so so difficult to maintain if we are so superficially identified with with a thought. You know, they're, they're, I think it's very common that people, they don't want to face the fact that maybe they said something stupid or maybe they said something wrong that turned out to be incorrect. They feel like it's an annihilation of their being. And uh, talk is cheap. Thoughts are cheap. You know, we're throwing out thoughts. We have perspectives all the time. And what's important is that we get to a point where we're able to evolve those, evolve our own thoughts and assist other people in evolving their thoughts in a very constructive and wise way. And the, that is not going to happen provided every thought that we have, every conviction we have, every belief we have just reaches down and we somehow equate it with the core of our being, our essence, that soul inside, that divinity that we so cherish and protect. And it's so I said that in a couple of sentences, but it's something that we can think about and we can work with. If, if you're in a conversation, particularly with somebody you love, but really with anybody, and they say something and you feel it cut to the depth of your soul like that, it's hard to catch it in the moment because what we have a tendency to do is retaliate, react. But if you can have, when that happens, if you can just, 
hold it for even a moment and feel it and feel what it feels like in your being and, and what it did and, and, and be with it without just impulsively uh, reacting and um, lashing out uh, a response. Uh, that's really, that's a huge gateway to wisdom. Uh, sometimes I like to say it's not the thing, it's our relationship with the thing. It's not what they said, it's the nature of our relationship with what they said. And the relationship with it is always healthy, if we uh, unhealthy, if we just impulsively, instinctively lash out in response because it hurts so much, because it cuts so deep, you see? And so when you're in a conversation, when, when you, and see, you're not thinking about it. It's not like you're constantly on guard with it. But if, when that happens in a, in a relationship, if you can, if you can catch it and, and, and get past that instinctive response, and then you'll even almost always, you'll realize that that goes way back. It's old. It's an old wound from early, early childhood, really. And if we can work with that, it's a great way of maturing our relationship with our life and evolving our lives. You see? All right. Anything else, Scotty, or is that about it? No, that was great. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk with you again next time.